week on the X Factor. I'm, I mean FVTV episode three. We have Darren, Neil, myself, John, Rachel, and DJ, and Rob Leon. <laughs> so. Welcome everyone to episode three. Thanks for that, John. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we've made it to three episodes. They finally they've kept us on. Yeah. Well, we've kept us on. So, look, basically, I hope everyone's enjoying it. We're going to keep doing it as long as we can. But at the start, I want to say subscribe, recommend it to your friends. We've got loads of feedback, loads of questions and comments, which is brilliant. Um, Cork City and Cove Ramblers, you know. Passing on the podcast, which is excellent to see. Um, so this week's topics for our podcast is Neil Horgan's football journey to start with. Epic. Epic. And we said brief, because he didn't give us here on the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I want to touch on here, lads, is before we kind of got into the game and we were getting paid and, you know, it kind of comes a job and a business, is take it back to, like, what did you first get into football? Because... I want to kind of try and relive that. I know you a long time, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, run away saying you're old. I don't know. I don't know what schoolboy club you played played for, even you know. Or okay. bring us back to the magical times of football. So what Darren's trying to say is he yeah. doesn't he had no interest in you before, <laughs> but now that he's kind of doing this podcast, he wants to know more about trying Neil. To find, <laughs> trying to find content for the podcast. <laughs> Who is Neil? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> my schoolboy club was Wilton um, Darren uh, actually Glasheen sorry Glasheen I started playing about 5 or 6 I know did you start playing about 5 or 6 yeah yeah so. later a bit later yeah I was kind of more get out up to a certain stage yeah yeah so I think I started playing 5 or 6 and then under 8 was the first kind of age group I think it was 11 aside back in the day like so South Side League kind of yeah, yeah South Side yeah. League yeah, yeah. There was a team called Summerstone actually uh, before that. But anyway, went to Glasheen. We the Murrays, famous uh, family involved in football. Danny Murray, Johnny Murray, Johnny Murray Senior looked after us, and we used to all get in the back of a, of a van, a white van. Football, football Good old days before. Uh, good old days before there was any issues like. So we were happy as Larry in the back like, of the van. Before the van's got a bad about name. About eight of us, <laughs> about eight of us in the back of the van, uh, going to matches. Um, you can't do that now, obviously, with, with the manager. But um, it was and health and safety, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in there with the toolbox. <laughs> but that's I suppose he used to collect us for matches, bring us down, and uh, I suppose I would have been into football anyway. My family were kind of into football. My dad played football. My mum's family were football. So. Um, it started at Glasheen and Glasheen were good um, some very good players and they played down in Bishopstown and Corraheen and um, but then <laughs> controversially I moved to the rivals Wilton at about under 13 under 14 I think level I'd gone on a they, Wilton used to bring a team um, and invite guests to Portsmouth in the summer and play a tournament over there called the Portsmouth Cup and you play good English teams actually kind of local teams I think same St. James's, whatever they were. We're, we're winning it every year. You come across good teams. And I went with them, and I got on very well with them. The guys I live near as well. So I was actually moving house from Glasheen, which is near both Wilton and Glasheen, to Douglas. And I think 
some of the Wilton or some of the Glashing lads thought I was moving to Douglas Hall, but then next week I turned up playing against them with Wilton. Was so Wilton the better team, or was it yeah, Wilton were the better team. Right. Yeah, Wilton were the better. So they were in the Premier League, and uh, Glashing were in the the, the league below that. <laughs> Um, just about his character. Bombing! Screw the manager and his white van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny, he upgraded to a red van. <laughs> Johnny Murray Sr. They were sound about it. Another podcast doesn't come in and ask Hoggy to join. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be next week. <laughs> a better podcast, yeah. Better, better podcast. Yeah, more follower. Big van. Like, earliest football memory, though, just before you do go away. Well, it's like, like playing football. Your experience with football, like what, what, what got you watching it or playing it at all? Like you know, can you remember? Uh, just playing around the park, I suppose, and watching on TV as well. Did you like, have an idol or on any team, followed or anything? Or, uh, you know, the Ireland, you know, team. When I was, I suppose, Euro '88, I was eight years old. Um, I don't know if you remember that, like, but it was. <laughs> It no, was absolutely brilliant. Rob, is that the jersey you're wearing actually? It's uh, 1990, 1990, is it? 1990, yeah. 1990, so 88 had the one across, a straight across the middle. So 88, when Ireland beat England, like there was no coming back from that. Their first match in the European Championships and they draw England with everything involved. like, And actually, like the soccer community back then was smallish, like, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was pre, pre-Charlton success. So it was close-knit people, like, you know, Glasheen and Wilton were communities that like you know hung around together at the weekends and stuff. So we weren't as big as Gaelic or anything. Uh, I don't know about rugby at the time, but it was a real test of Irish football, and uh, first time on the European stage. So I I remember like my parents and stuff because they were soccer people being nervous that this was them on the European stage, like, uh, and they beat England like so it kind of represented all of us like, which was amazing the first game. In the European Championships, and they, like England were full of absolute stars, like Glenn Hoddle, Lineker was up front, Shelton was in goal, and here were we first tournament ever, and they beat them one. I, I remember every minute of it. Uh, I actually had the recording. Sadly enough, I had the recording uh, taped at home, the highlights, and I could tell you word for word the highlights. <laughs> Good, <yeah. laughs> but it was a brilliant moment for Irish football, you know. I think that's why I was going to try and ask you to take us on that kind of journey because what you brings you into the game at the start is really important and it kind of gets lost in a way for me when you when you start to play and it's like a job and that's what I kind of if I look back now and I, I look at it I, I love playing as a kid I used to look forward to matches every week you know when you're school boys and then it kind of comes in you know it's just you're starting to enjoy the start of your career with, yeah. and then kind of the middle but Kind of forget is, about it. The fun is kind of taken out of it then when you're kind of, you know, I suppose you go through the hardships or whatever and you, you go yeah. through you go through stuff or like, you know, managers are coaching you to play a different way or taking from your game, you know, where it was just go out in the field and play. Yeah, well, it's pure joy of playing yeah. under in a street lights or crossing, crossing and finishing like. You'll never, you never get that joy again. Would you like really? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's where I started anyway, and uh, went from there really. Another day, good? I'd say. Another day. <laughs> Did you play street leagues when you were younger? Was that the soccer? Yeah, like Can in the summer, just I, all different. We would have had the park across the road for me. Would have had they would have done a tournament every summer. Yeah, and that's I what, that's I what remember coming home, coming home for crying a few times. 
Send the ref robbed us like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just just ye playing against them, or was there more teams? Yeah, we kind of like there be four or five from my park play against four or five from another park kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And we like we just play games all the time anyway. We'd be out playing with them, but then it was kind of competitive then, playing against them like. Yeah, that was that was the big thing for me when I was younger. The street leagues, same your park yeah. against our park. You used to get five oh, or six yeah, of the best players. Oh yeah, one of them as well actually. I think the the, the it's guards. Very, it's very exciting. Used to, yeah, the guards used to bring this initiative for. The summer to keep kids off this or mm. from hanging around different places and it used to be unbelievable. It's brilliant because I remember when I was young, I I grew up in Carrick Navarre and basically you know it's big GA town like you know and there's no soccer team there, and I didn't start playing till I was eleven uh, with Rockmont. But before that, I used to be playing in school all the time. You know, growing up, uh, play with the, uh, the the greens or whatever against classmates and. And obviously, look, I was probably one of the better players, but you kind of weren't getting a challenge. But at Christmas time, I remember I used to love going into my cousins in Dublin Hill because they used, used to be yeah. like 10 or 11 Hold against on one park against the other park. This experience for me was like surreal. Like it was yeah. like heaven. Playing in Wembley. I still remember it. It was the best game. <laughs> like I was like so delighted yeah. because there were so many good players there and stuff. And, it, it would actually be interesting to know if you know I was able to pinpoint everyone that was playing in that game to, to who's now because <laughs> I'd say there was a, definitely like Roy O'Donovan was from Dublin Hill as well Torndale like he could have been playing that game as well so yeah. you know you're just there the lads in Ballincollig there for a while like I'd say when they were, I remember talking to Colin Healy and them they had Colin Healy Miller Nulty Kerry Killian, the Lordans all playing in their park games like they were high quality <laughs> John Cotter loads of other yeah, fellas yeah. too you know who were top yeah, quality like, yeah. <laughs> no was support. anyone else waiting for Murph to pull out a paper cut in there of the, the double industry that, yeah I was one of the better players <laughs> and look actually here <laughs> yeah setting up the uh, yeah the headline Murph takes Dublin Hill by storm. <laughs> Do you know what? I was just saying that. I, I forgot my paper clip. Oh, I, I brought one for you. Did you? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. The podcast listeners, sigh of relief there. <laughs> any, for any of our American listeners. <laughs> Good eye, Mike. <laughs> so, yeah, we go to the next topic, anyway, and it's effects of gambling, alcohol, and drugs in football. Seamless so, transition there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, joy, <laughs> the joy of playing as a kid. <laughs> to then Neil Oregon's professional career. But no, look, it's just it's coming it's up good. quite regularly and you know, gambling's a big thing now in the game. Every, every time you watch a game, bet on this guy to score next five to one. I just want to kind of get your view of it really, I suppose. How do you feel about Darren? So gambling, I look. I'm not. I'm. I'm not too bad about gambling. I like having a bet every now and again with teams. Like I put an accumulator together of about twelve teams and put two euros on it or something. I'm not a big gambler, like. And as well, I played poker, which I really enjoyed. And a lot of footballers and sports people kind of go into because there is a competitiveness to it. I wouldn't shun <coughs> the gambling world, but I can. I can see how it does affect people as well. Some people have gone wayward altogether with it. So it's kind of hard to come down in it and condemn it when I've done it myself, mm-hmm. but I can I can see the the effects of maybe they've gone too far with it, you know. Yeah, it seems un unregularized uh, in terms of it, it's everywhere. Like you know, it's on your phone. They can they you can gamble at any time. You know the way we don't say with alcohol, right? Which might be comparable in some sense as a vice. Say, um, you know, there's restrictions on when you can sell alcohol and. 
you know, it's licensing law. With, with gambling, it's like it, they can gamble from like anywhere at any time, at any moment. You know, like you wouldn't see a pub say your first five pints are free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you sign know? up for a sign yeah. up for a account, you get fifty euro yeah, free. Better, it's, yeah. it's like, banned. You're not allowed to uh, yeah. sell under it. You know, the they used to have for the college students. What was that, Rob? You'd know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Can> <laughs> no, do you know the the where they it was cheap booze essentially for a college. Oh yeah, there's minimum cost, minimum prices. Minimum prices, like. no, yeah. So gambling, I think, is just in a place where it's not regularized properly yet, um, but and it needs to be. Would be my view. Yeah, I think That's once any, any like every second advert, as you say, if there's a game on, the next advert is who's going to score next. Or for us, it, it was alright. You'd never really hear your man's bad gambler. There was nothing when we were kind of growing up or getting into the game. It's only now that mobile phones and social media has become so accessible that you could basically wake up at nine o'clock and by ten o'clock everything in your bank account is gone. Yeah. It's like it's like fictional. It's like monopoly money. You're on your phone and you're playing, and next thing. It doesn't feel like it's real because there's no transaction there. You're not actually handing like, any money over the counter. It's I'd it's so bad. I'd say out of the four of us, I probably gamble the most. I'd imagine. And would you I, do it on your no, phone? No, I, I used to, but I stopped doing it on my phone because of what you just said. You don't you don't think of it as money. Like if yeah. you go into a bookies with fifty euro <clears> and you come out with nothing, you appreciate that you've just lost fifty euro. Like yeah. But if you never see the money, it kind of mm. it doesn't register. Yeah. Like I do. Like every Saturday, I go up. I do. Probably twenty euro worth of bets every Saturday, but then it's kind of, I suppose it's individuals as well, like drinking, like you said. Yeah. Some people can go for a few pints on Saturday. Some people go out for four or five days at a time. Yeah. Same with gambling. Some people can do a bet on a Saturday and not not bet for the rest of the week, but then some people have a grand on the game of rock paper scissors. Like. Yeah. It's just whatever. Like it's, it's in people, I think. Like. And it was in the it was in the professional game as well, wasn't it? Like because there was no regulation again but it was in the professional game with players I felt who had too much time in their hands it was it was going to be you see it in England a lot with fellas getting involved with gambling because they have too much money too much time too much time the big thing on, in England was fruit machines you know you, the lads would just be going to the pub sticking hundreds into into a fruit machine like there's no joy at all in that I can see why People might have a bet on football. Football people who that's the interest, and you're watching that game, and you know horses wouldn't have a clue about horses, and wouldn't even watch the races. So what's the point in putting it on? But mm. you you nearly think you ha- you'd have an advantage of knowing a football team or some players or something like that. But I think for young lads, I, I actually feel sorry for young lads growing up now who ha- have it all, yeah, like so accessible. And as I it say, is. it's not regulated enough, no. and yeah. like you can hide it because it's all on your phone, you know. And even it's hidden. It's very hidden. Being a coach, it? going into a change room now, you you'd walk in and there's not much chat and goes on anymore. It's all everyone's the head down in the phone. So half of them lads could be betting. So we don't have much uh, chance of getting a gambling sponsor. I'd say for the podcast. <laughs> 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 they probably still sponsor. To, to like bring it back football ways, there's probably a lot of peer pressure involved as well. Oh, like buses to away trips. If there's gamblers in the team. And they're saying, oh, I have fucking I have 50 euro on this. Or I have 20 euro on this. And then, particularly young players could be like, yeah, oh, if, if he's betting, I should probably do that as well. Or just even try and get involved, they'd start betting. Or it's the, the ones that you'd say, oh, here, here's my accumulator from Tuesday night. I had a tenner on, I had two grand back. That's the one that I think, oh my God, that's, yeah. that, that's yeah. easy. But then you get sucked in. It's like, the as you said, it's free bets. Yeah. Here's a 50 euro free bet when you sign up. That 50 euro sucks in and then you're, you're in. You know? Yeah, 
it's the effects of football though I'm worried about because I watched like a documentary there not so long ago and they were on about there was Europa League games that were that were after being fixed and you kind of they, they actually showed the clips they showed the goalkeepers or the defenders or whatever they kind of the way they fixed it like it was bad like you know especially if you if you look jeez Europa League level and you look at kind of localised like you can actually you can actually bet there on the Munster Senior League yeah which is kind of scary enough because if two or three players did get together you know kind of fix the game like you know it can happen in League of Ireland football mm-hmm. as well there was a game what game was pulled there recently or something oh that was Limerick and Waterford last year there was I remember someone someone texted me uh, Limerick are after coming in from 20 to 1 to 2 to 1 in the last 2 hours there's however much thousands gone on but then in the end Waterford won so you don't know if it was a hoax or if there was something going on and then they found out that it was kind of they were rumbled and they called it off I remember I saw it I saw the statistics for that I think they said the average average gambling on a League of Ireland game yeah. is like 10,000 just say for I don't remember the exact figure but for that game it was like 200,000 gambled on the game like so it was rings, it was alarm bells rings straight yeah, out there for that I saw completely out of an an this, this, this week I don't know if any of you saw it about the cameras that are fitted to League of Ireland grounds yeah, I didn't even know they were there Basically, they're removing the need to subscribe to a bet. Yeah, you can watch now without yeah. having a bet on the game. Yeah, but they, those cameras were showing the League of Ireland games yeah. in other countries, mm-hmm. and I yeah. imagine like other ga- gambling countries, like yeah. where where they're watching League of Ireland games and gambling on it. That to me then is like yeah, it's League of Ireland. Like someone might be getting paid. But wasn't there the, the two at lawn players last year? Wasn't yeah, it? the investigation at lawn players got suspended, which is yeah. And when you see the goal, the goal keeper, they they got banned, didn't they? Not sure. I what they woke up there. Yeah, I don't know. Is it something that the government should bring in? And we're looking at League of Ireland, and we're saying, how do we solve it? Right. If you in Ireland, if you want to have a betting shop in Ireland, you've got to put money into this sport and sponsor like the League of Ireland for a, a year or two or something. You're putting cameras at the ground. Yeah. You're not like there's people in whatever country that are gambling money. You're making money off it. Like you support the League of Ireland now. Like who gets that money? You'd have to put money in to put a camera in. I imagine someone's ground. Where did that money go? Did it go to the club? Yeah, I don't think the FBI don't they they have if they don't release the accounts uh, to do with the League of Ireland. I think to do with confidentiality reasons. It's right. the reason I think so. It's in a pool of such for all their media rights, which is you know partly through the national team and it's the League of Ireland is part of that. Right. And I don't think they released the, the. I think a lot of League of Ireland fans weren't happy with that, but that's the reason they say it's it's confidential. It's probably a bigger danger in the League of Ireland than it would be in probably like the Premier League. Just if fellas are getting paid 200, 300 quid a week, some, I don't know who, comes yeah. and offers you two grand to lose yeah, the game. Yeah. The a lot of fellas would go for it. A lot of people would go for it. Like, yeah, temptation is bigger. But then, like, if, you're, if you're in the Premier League and you're on 100 grand a week, yeah. someone says that, no, like. But when fellas, when yeah. there's a lot of money on the line, people could be tempted. Like, you'd be very disgusted with your teammate, wouldn't you? Like, I, it's unforgivable for me if a, if a fellow was playing with you and, like, you were playing and he was didn't cut you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never talked to me. Again. I've I've been to a game before and I've seen a fella on his phone and asked him what he was doing and he he's basically working for one of the yeah. the betting companies and he's tracking the corners bet and goes, have it. yeah All the so you can bet on how many corners and stuff like that like that just shows we, played, we played a game last season with Douglas Hall and we won 8-0 but the market for next goal 
there was I don't know how many fellas on the sideline just kept every every time we scored next goal next goal next goal for ye or for them for us alright and like obviously they're not watching it that closely that they're going to suspend the betting like if it was a Premier League game that everyone knows so there'll be an investigation yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> so like they have different options not just the winning oh, you can, lose or draw you can bet like over over 10 corners over 2.5 goals right. In play gambling. In play, yeah. On the most senior league. On certain, I'm not sure how it works. I think someone told me it's if there's a reporter at the game, they have an app on their phone that they can do the updates, and then it's on the website. But if there's no reporter, then it wouldn't be on the website. Yeah, it was a first division game that I was at. That your man was doing it for. For, uh, first division league of Ireland. Yeah. The report, the fellas doing the updates get paid. Yeah. I think it's something like sixty quid a game they get paid. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Mad stuff, really. Yeah. Well, like, this is all... I was talking to this fella, and he told me they get paid yeah, 60, yeah, so yeah. I don't know how true any of that is, but that's what I've been told. Yeah. Just shows you the lengths that I go on. What about drugs in football? Uh, I think drug testing is becoming more stringent, definitely in England, anyway. You look at that what, a documentary, sorry, uh, Icarus. Yeah. And you see, like, that drug testing can be cheated, and there's certain ways around it and stuff, and you look at some of the players now at the top level, like, playing, like, serious amount of games every year is is there that opportunity there to take drugs you know you look there's a documentary I watched on Netflix um, it's a CrossFit the CrossFit oh, right. Games and there was a guy going through it all the way and he was third all the way or something like that and he just kind of came out of the ranks out of nowhere and the whole documentary he was saying I disgusted with people who taking drugs and they interviewed him a good few times and he was saying no my father would be disgusted and at the end it turned out that he was taking drugs. So, <laughs> which is like, you know, how many other people are doing it? I kind of thought about it in my own career. I thought about looking back, I was thinking, is there other lads there taking, like, you know, performance enhancers or something like, and, you know, to get ahead in the game and stuff? I think at the highest level, they have the best of everything. So, yeah. their recovery, the, yeah. like, they, they'd have someone, masseuse, like working on him 24-7 or whenever's needed so for them to be able to re- recover and play the amount of games and you know the checks and uh, the checks from the World Anti-Doping Association are higher the higher you get up so like remember Rio Ferdinand that time I think when you're a certain level like national level or whatever you have to account for exactly where you are at all times kind of thing you know yeah, yeah that, that's, that's all the one through, yeah. through the level yeah you have to text in yeah. if you were sick and then yeah. they, if they were coming in that day they had to come to your house to do yeah. it so do you think you get you say that essentially that kind of at lower level it's more? Um, I think at low at the lower levels it was only kind of urine, so they do the urine test. Oh, it wasn't yeah. blood. Higher levels would be urine and blood. So, mm-hmm. but it's after creeping in now that you have to do both. I think it changes every year, but it it yeah. is it is definitely getting yeah. more stringent, and you know is that it, that is a good policy in England. You know, you have two or three strikes. Yeah. You know, if you forget to do it. Forget to text. You're not coming in. You're sick. You text the physio, but you don't text yeah. that number then. And if you're caught out, you know it's a strike. Yeah. So the European games were we used to get tested a lot. Do you remember? That? Yeah, we, did, we were yeah. waiting for planes and fellas would be getting yeah. tested. Yeah. We were trying to get there. They never tested me. No need. No need. Is that guy reading his book? I'm not going to test him. I suppose drugs as well. I kind of had a, a bad enough experience with painkillers. Time I broke my leg in the UK, 
basically kind of got a bit addicted to them because I tell you like it was weird like I, I broke my leg I kind of I was in pain yeah for a while having them and then I kind of got a bit dependent on them at night and stuff it was like you know I take one and you kind of <laughs> you feel great <laughs> Marco for a 10k but uh, <laughs> you broke a leg the next yeah, day. I, I, I kind of felt like I kind of a little rush off. Have to taking one every every night before I go to bed and stuff. And probably just like lad, like you think, oh, I won't be able to sleep now unless I take one. It's just in your head, yeah, like become like dependent on it. Yeah. Fuck, you feel all kind of warm and fuzzy. <laughs> 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 that was just a teddy bear. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be sponsored with uh, penicillin now next week. Yeah. <laughs> I did like kind of had to kind of wean myself off them to be fair, and most of the time the pain was gone, and I was still taking them. That's when I kind of realized, you know, like trying get rid of these and stuff and then as you said the sleep yeah i couldn't sleep then at night without one i i was yeah. like you know it took it took a, it took a while to, to get off them but sometimes it'd be lad anti-inflammatories looking two days sober yeah. so. over <laughs> over in england and they'd be over here anti-inflammatories are would be kind of addictive where you, yeah. you just think anything at all oh, i need anti-inflammatories yeah. that's the kind of one one twice a day yeah. you know it's the golden rule kind of thing you know yeah mad isn't it yeah it's not good for you like it's no, not, it's not. But there was those things going around i don't know in our dressing room anyway um i don't know if they were going around in years uh pro plus pro plus yeah sure everyone used to be taking pro plus and it was like i don't know caffeine that was a yeah. Yeah. 20 cups of coffee in one pill yeah. or something you like that you over limit on caffeine though yeah. you could you could and then you uh, you build up like a bit of a tolerance positive. to it where the lads are at the start of the season they're necking back one of them just before the game yeah then they're doing one 20 minutes before the warm-up, then at the game, then by the end of the season, yeah. they're like four or five. So, you know, it's... Yeah. But it used to be yeah. fellas, like, you, you wonder, you, you see you see lower leagues and fellas going in with tackles and stuff, and you're, you know, you see it online now and you'd be like, Jesus, that was a disgrace. What's he thinking? But they're yeah, jacked once they're up. Wound like, up like, yeah, jacked up. Like, yeah, I'm sure jacked was one of the things Jack, that was Jack banned, 3, Jack 3D was yeah. Jack 3D. Someone in League of Ireland banned for that. Was there? Yeah. But didn't he didn't even know like what was it? It's like a, it was like a protein, kind of a pre workout something. But there was a legal substance in it. Yeah, that I don't even think I don't even think it was on the label the substance. Yeah. But there was a fella in the league of Ireland. I can't remember who it was. Tested positive for. A, I used to remember Stephen H there when I first when I went over. They used to have this um, stuff, phase one, phase two, and phase three. So phase one is before the game. Phase two is like at half time or kind of. After recovery in phase three, then I think it was kind of recovery the night, the night going before you go to sleep or whatever. But took phase one anyway. Tablets. <coughs> no, just like a, a drink. Oh right. You you just add water to it, so it's like a protein drink, and then I don't know, the, the, the phase one was like caffeine, but kind of like that. No, poured it out, whatever, drank it. All the lads were drinking it before the game. They're all fine. I was doing the warm up, I was getting sick at the side of the pitch. Yeah. And they and <laughs> would have more carbs like, in it then for yeah, half through the game. And then, yeah. say, if, if your body's getting getting yeah, sick, like there's, there's something not right with it, like it's there, you know. But I think, like, even the pro game, they have everything given to them. So it's kind of like. Just take this. The, yeah, yeah, like the SNC coach come over or the physio or look, just take that for something. And lads are just, you need to be so careful. Lads Definitely. are just whipping it back. You, you know, you think really high professional players are coming out of school so young that they're they're una- uneducated really and then they develop physically but there's, we're, we're physically developed kids is basically you know yeah so we don't actually know so we're taking advice from people yeah, and yeah. you know like towards the end of the season there lads with about six weeks ago would start 
banging the fat burners down them because they want to get for in shape for for, for the summer I beat or yeah, something like that and then cutting out yeah. carbs and all yeah. it's it's yeah. you know like the, <laughs> the quick fix oh, oh, you need to get down you know there would always be the fella in the changing room you need to get on the, the fat burners like enough what were they they were sunflower oil or something the the ones you scale out you can get them oh, what are they called I can't think what they're called but they used to all take them anyway as, all right. as you said the fat burners but I used to take they used to think it used to take the the, oh, yeah. the, the, the fat off the bottom of your stomach so you'd have the V it's all the V like you know <laughs> 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 That's yeah, crazy, crazy stuff though but like all them quick fixes are you know I think now the way in England the way you have to text the, num- the number to yeah. say you're not going to be in it's similar that if whatever protein or whatever there's a, a website a you can go on you put in the the exact name and it'll okay. give you you know is it okay or not so you have to do the the work yourself really you can't yeah. be dependent on like if, if the physio gives you that drink it says that's fine and next next week you test positive yeah it's not going to come back to the physio it's going to go back to you it's in your body like yeah. you can't say oh the physio gave me that you know you need to be so careful for i'd say at the higher levels the physio probably won't like will probably get you know he'll have to be doing things right like, oh he would yeah mean, like, but there's still but, batch numbers yeah. and and it could uh, yeah, be okay. well, you know the the fa and probably the the FAI probably do the same they like have a website to go to so if you see like if you get a bottle of uh, say yeah, Norofin you can type in all yeah, the stuff and it tells you if it's banned or not the mm-hmm. Irish anti-doping agency yeah. like, they have an app that you like you said just type in whatever it is and it'll come up if you're allowed or not like I remember Norofin and all that were banned and they, they actually changed the brand then they uh, to what they had to the non-band stuff it's just Northern Plus or Northern yeah. Plus yeah. Yeah. Plus is uh, where it's banned plus is that Cody yeah. or something isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. Plus unbelievable is. but um, yeah look again a bit of advice for everyone out there don't, don't do drugs, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> stay in school <laughs> drugs are bad <laughs> we have a, a shout out there Mark, just yeah. before we go on to the next thing it's for the under 18 passage girls team during the national cup final it's on the 17th of February um, I hope in Dublin they're playing Greencastle and it's the, it's the furthest they've ever got in the national competition national cup final is amazing yeah so amazing you know, all the best of the girls yeah. best of luck yeah. I, I lost a few of those yeah. I tell you nice feeling to win them then in the end so hopefully they'll win it I've never won the National Cup I've lost a few of them myself lost the, the yeah. final yeah. Dome Farm yeah won in All-Ireland the 10th Cup yeah we did you did, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. The, um, no paper cuttings come on <laughs> <laughs> I've won actually have you a paper yeah, believe it or not it's from my book oh from your book okay. we're he's, he's teed this <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get Darren back so we were, uh, we were in the van like the fire there Sunday the 21st September 2008 right this book one if anyone's looking for it Death of Football Club uh, I'll just read here I can't train with the injury that's me the gaffer's not happy he asks why we can't hold on to a lead and shows us some games where we did so earlier in season the boys can't answer Crazy Daz which is Darren Murphy sitting beside me now Crazy Daz is missing and nobody knows where he is <laughs> turns out his car for some reason went on fire and is out of action <laughs> 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 is that the day he came out of his black the, the, the black bag full of stuff Laura the actual Laura is coming in here so you explain that one now Darren you know you explained last week with the clippings you have to explain I that like, now, I right? like Hoggy's so, storytelling technique yeah, yeah. like Dr. Zeus oh, was unreal. Was so, so so yeah my, my car my car went on fire <laughs> 
<laughs> verifying the book and accuracy in the book is all right. You know, it's a Basically, <laughs> I couldn't get in. I, I rang Alan Matthews, who was manager at the time, and said, Gaffer, I love training, I love coming in, but uh, I'm living up in Carrie Mar, I can't get in tomorrow, my car is on fire. Really? So that was that one, yeah. A little white light, or was no, that? No, no, it actually was the. the is that the white? My car, no, no. So the black, black Audi. Right. Body, yeah, just kind of went on fire. Went on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this paraffin is very strong. <laughs> I'm not sure we're getting the full background there. These coaching sessions were not bad, right? Come on. Maybe that could be in a podcast. Yeah. Next week. Time. Next week we get the part B of that story next week, guys. But just talking about women's football there, and I cut that bit out. Uh, so. I'm going to try to get a local ladies footballer on the podcast so she can talk about how they went through their careers. Basically, now there's there's a lot of effort gone into women's football around the world and in Ireland, mm-hmm. but learn how it was in the past, how difficult it was for them and, and, and stuff like that, and how the game is going to kick on. Because it, let's be honest, we, we can give our opinion all day long, but we don't have a clue. No, we don't. No. So it's good to get someone on. My sister was a very good soccer player, actually. Uh, she played with uh, Wilton and Cork Rangers. Right. And uh, she won this particular cup eight years in a row, which is amazing. But um, yeah, I'd say it was very difficult back then. Yeah. Um, but they were really good. She was a really tough player. She's yeah. a fullback as well. Um, but I'd say it. They still face a lot of barriers. But it'd be interesting to hear what you know a, yeah. a local player thinks. You know, are they going the right direction now in terms of? Yeah. You know, because they had all that uh, thing about the Irish national women's team. They had to come out and say they're you know Wearing they were the being gear true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, old gear. Yeah, it worked, uh, didn't it? It was yeah. the PFI kind of got behind them that mm. time. You know. To be fair though, when I went away with Ireland as well, they got everything back. You know, yeah, all the always and take everything, and it was all kind of old stuff as well. Like we were wearing things from your '88, I think, yeah. when I was playing. Like, fifteen sizes too big. <laughs> but I think they were complaining about a lot of things. In fairness, yeah, no, that wasn't did. just yeah, care. Looks, yeah. they run, run through kind of a rough. It's a good idea, though. Well. Get no, definitely, get different perspective anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, because we want to bring kind of new things in as well, much as we can. We will go to Rob's weird football story this week. See what it is. Oh yeah. Uh, this week, the story, it ties in with kind of the team of the podcast with drink and drugs oh, and right. gambling. It's actually from uh, Paul Merson's book. It's actually a very good book. It's called um, How Not to Be Footballer, is it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I didn't read it. But um, <laughs> he uh, he lived with Paul Gascoigne when they played at Middlesbrough. Who thought that was a good idea now? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they used to play a game after training every day. They'd all put a couple of grand onto the table, take sleeping pills and drink glasses of red wine and the last person awake used to take the money <laughs> just talking simple game and you think you think someone was asleep and you'd be going for the money they're like hey what are you doing hey I'm still awake <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are elite yeah. professional they, yeah. they were playing Premier League like <laughs> you could have a section on Gaza stories every week they would oh, be amazing all Gaz going stories he actually is on Twitter there he's telling like Christmas cracker jokes and yeah <laughs> he's, he's some of the jokes are brilliant like, they ask him what was one they're saying like uh, how come you never do an appearance on Sky or something like that and uh, I can't remember okay <laughs> <laughs> it's called that one um, so that's it Rob that's your football story it's yeah it's a brief one this week that's oh, good it's good what about questions there from the fans so Instagram. we had a couple Instagram, Instagram ones there yeah uh, a question from Gary McCarthy our host here in the cabin studio very good uh, what is your most embarrassing football-related moment on or off the pitch? 
I can go first, yeah. I think. Yeah. When I was I was still under nineteen with Cork City, I was in the squad for our first team game up in uh, Tomman Park and went one 0 down and Tommy Dunn was like, Rob, get ready, get ready, get ready. So I went down running around and I was bursting towards the jacks. So I thought I'd be alright. Just kinda of went in bit behind the stand and went went for a piss just to up the thing. Got called by the fourth official. Lines ref came over and booked me. <laughs> for taking the yeah. piss yeah oh <laughs> everyone Rob what you get booked for uh, I wish I was shouting at the linesman <laughs> over that over puddle over there I've seen that happen actually they do book you don't they if but it's in, within the ground apparently I was it's supposed to be a red card is it yeah so the ref actually left me off yeah I never would have lived that one down like good one People would be sneaky about having a pee on the gr- on the pitch. Ever see fellas kneeling down? Extra stretch. Yeah, stretch. Drop it out the side. Preseason there, poor fella, around like a lake in in Stoke, and we were running like around the lake or whatever, and it was like a public kind of place, or whatever. Obviously, you know, you're training all day. You take piss at the side in the bushes. It was on the local paper the next day. What a disgrace! It was on Sky Sports News and everything. <laughs> Like, what's going on here? I remember, like, I remember that. Yeah. Have you got sure down at um the team that I coach on at Wexford, the the ref and the lines were coming out to check the you know, they make them line up on the eighteen yard box and check all the studs. Four of the lads were in the bushes and, and the line I was like, get sent off for that. Get them in. I was like oh, it's gonna be four lads I'm gonna be four lads down if you book them like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well you can't you can't just knock them down anymore, like Jeez. I don't really think there was anything really kind of Embarrassing or be ashamed of, I suppose. Um, yeah, I can't really think of it myself, but I, yeah, I, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, there is. There. We, we, we might need another few weeks to think about that. But there was one where I felt embarrassed for the player. Right. One, of the, of, one of the lads <laughs> at Cork City, and he was down warming up, and one of the lads peeped out from the bench. Oh, I know. And I was thinking, you know, actually, as, as the game was in, in like. You know, it, everything was going off, and there was so much happening that one of the players just called the sub down, who was been warming been up, warming up by the corner flag. And before he's even got to the to the bench, you're you're on like you know, quick, you know, get get changed. So he's he's basically whipped his, his jacket, his pants, everything off, and he's standing next to the manager and giving it the old USSR warm up, and it's a good like five minutes, ten minutes, and the game is still going on. And manager, manager, <laughs> like you know, after a while, he was like, "What are you doing?" He was like, "Am I not coming on?" And the bench was gone. Oh, it was one of the funniest oh, things ever. But it was just in the heat of the moment yeah, that yeah, it yeah. just oh. might be the same character who was green from our first uh, podcast. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually thinking that where, the way he went with the air. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a movie. Yeah. Like, Won't be well, revealed. Won't be revealed. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking there now, actually, there was a bit of an embarrassing moment. But look, and take it as you want. But so I, I, various problems with my hamstring at Port Vale. So I was getting injured a lot, like, and then kind of recovered or whatever. Mickey Adams, manager, take a chance on me, brings me into a game. It's one all in in the league. So there's what like twenty five minutes left or something like that. So I come on anyway, and I think I've I've trained now for two three weeks. Think my hamstring's strong, all ready to go. Ball over the top, basically. So I was a hole in midfielder. Uh, kind of, we were on. Oh, the you told me the get, story the other day. On the on the on the attack, <laughs> trying to get so ball over the top anyway. So runner, I basically run down the side. I don't know where the, the defenders were, but anyway, 
I sprint after to try and save because it's one on. Like I pull my hamstring. I actually did well to make the tackle because my hamstring was gone. Like so <laughs> <laughs> I basically put my whole body on the line, like winning the ball back. Won the ball back anyway. Still one all, whatever. Next thing I'm I'm jogging around here like and like. I'm, I'm just on the pitch like and if your hamstring's gone yeah, you're, gone you're gone yeah you're gone, gone. <laughs> you can't move I'd like within and it's I'm the last sub as well so they're going to go oh, down yeah. to 10 men so <laughs> and as well like this is a big important game it's top of league class or whatever so I have to put my hand up and just say like you know I'm down I'm going off so next thing I know I'm going off and I'm coming across the <laughs> sideline like I feel like shit anyway no already and Mickey Adams is screaming at me. <laughs> you Irish, whatever. How <laughs> the fuck are you to do this and that? I was like, like I feel terrible here, like coming off, like do you know, because it's gutting for me, from yeah. like gutting, like. And it's the last this fella then, like. this fella then is shouting at me, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you're kind of in a position where I can't run over there now and grab him by the throat because. That's crazy, Daz. I still have a contract at this club. Plus, I can't run away because my hamstring's gone. <laughs> Darren wheeling over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was kind of an embarrassing moment for me because I suppose the fans were probably what's going on here as well. Like you know, and it's just horrible, he'd be shouting at you in front of people like, like yeah, that. He'd be yeah. shouting at you. Yeah. yeah. So like, I actually think of one now that you have a bit of time to think yeah. if someone else is saying, but. My first year, I think it was my second year at Peterborough, still in, in the U team, uh, FAU Cup game against Ilkinson, Ilkinson Town, uh, I guess I remember. Um, ball um, fell on the break and I've kind of kneed it, hit my thigh past the player and he's come up with the studs straight into my groin, oh, as in no. like full, full blast. Area. Yeah, so I'm down, physio comes over, there's like a bit of like jelly I don't know where it's come from it's like hanging out the side of my mouth from the blow I don't, I don't know what happened so basically I'm off anyway and all caught bruised I could hardly they, they thought I might have had a hernia they didn't know what was going on so load of scans three or four days later back hobbling back into the physio room but the treatment for it was to pull out the bruising so I used to have to go into the physio room whip off right. everything shorts underwear everything and to sit on the treatment table with this big dome shaped kind of machine <laughs> over it cuts bruises the whole thing to pull the bruise out like you know and I'm yeah. like I'm still in the U team the first thing boys coming in going oh he's boys get in here look at this fella he's on that machine again and like by, by the end of the week the bruises after coming out and I was <laughs> there was also a bit of swelling there which helped <laughs> But um, no, that was that was fairly embarrassing when you know when you're a U team player. Like the only one I can think of, like uh, I can't think of anything kind of funny. But like in terms of being embarrassed, it's more of a football thing. Is like when you're a defender, if you give away a goal, you're embarrassed. Like you know, or, or a penalty or something like that. You you do feel embarrassed. Like especially if you have to watch it on a Monday in front of everyone. Uh, it's it, it is embarrassing actually. Yeah. You know, it's not one particular moment of embarrassment. I know that's not what the question was looking for. Uh, but I remember giving away a penalty um, up in Dundalk. We lost one nil, and the man dived. I won't. He'll remain nameless, but I haven't forgotten who it is. And um, we lost one nil, and I was taken off, and I just, I, I, I'll never forget it. It was an awful feeling, like, you know, um, I think when you're a defender, you're you're one step away from massive 
embarrassment at all times. Yeah, and the goalkeeper yeah. as well, yeah. Uh, the keeper, you go yeah. Back, yeah. Remember, the, I think it was the year we won the league. Remember, you scored, we beat Shells 1 0 yeah. at home. And Thanks the so. yelp that came out of you. I've <laughs> never heard it like it. We won one, one, one nil. Hoggy scored. And no, it no, was no. Actually, actually. Sorry, I don't want to say this. That was a different goal. Was it? Yeah. Woodsy pulled me down. Uh, we, we beat Derry in the last minute. Was that the yelp? Yeah, that was all the right. yelp. Yeah. So this, all, all, how I could describe it, I think it was in the papers the following day of some husky dogs heard it from the Antarctic. <laughs> it was the highest pitch yelpy scream I've ever yeah, heard. We were all like really running over the hockey. Best yeah! goal. First. It was the best goal I've ever scored. So it was. I, 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 yeah. That it was yelping. I always say that was the, the point that won us the league. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> You're on about hope with hurts and stuff as a defender, and you're always away one, one, step one, away. one step away from making a mistake. There's a question here about um, refereeing, okay? So it's on the Twitter, and it's from Michael Tuma. And it's, do you think the referees in League of Ireland should be held to a higher standard? And if so, how should the higher standard of refereeing be implemented? Higher standards? That's a tough one, really. I think that goes back to the the FAI or whoever is looking after the referees surely there's referees assessors at every, at most games you know they're assessing the game they're assessing the they're giving feedback to the to the referees if they're not holding to a certain standard of course yeah. that has I to change think but though it goes like the level of refereeing is equivalent to the level of play yeah. like they maybe they do need to be held to a higher standard but those are the best refs in Ireland like see, when you drop down to the first division you see worse refereeing and then you drop down to exactly, Munster senior league yeah. You see worse refereeing, so they're not getting through the yeah the, the rungs. But that's what the question is, is it? That like the higher up you go, the higher standard. Or just need more. Means? No, more. Should, should the referees yeah. should in League of Ireland be held held to a higher standard? Then what? I, I think he just means in general. Like he's probably saying like more cul- more culpable for their mistakes kind yeah, of thing. Or I, I, I think oh, then is, they currently are. This is, is an yeah. argument I think going on in football throughout the world and. To be honest, I'm kind of on the referees side yeah, here, too. and I probably wouldn't have been before. But the amount of like you've had a couple of referees on the on the podcast before, as you want. I totally understand from from becoming a, a manager and a coach. Like so many decisions, the ref has to make like throughout the game. He's not going to get every one of them right, like, and it's not going to happen, like, and you. You understand that you probably coached as well, and you're doing a five v five game. The amount of times like you're trying to get decisions right and stuff, and fellas are like, "That was a free," or "That was," and you're yeah. you're. You can't like, please everyone. Yeah. No, you can't. Even cannot, if you've like, made the perfect yeah. decision, you're gonna annoy someone from the yeah. opposition team, or so it's, like, you're in a hiding to nothing really. Yeah, it's I tough I, job. I think if you look at League of Ireland refs, they're they're not full time. They're doing a part time. Yeah. If you look at the the standard of ref refereeing in the Premiership. Like they make mistakes as well. They they do make mistakes, and they're helped now by the technology, mm. and cameras, and the likes of the the assistants with oh, microphones no, and stuff, and telling them decisions. But they're full time then as well. They can they get they all get all mm, like really analyze do the analysis like football like players do. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what improves them. Mm. So if you're looking, I think the FEI should be investing heavily in the referees. They should all have GoPros. They should all have have access to match analysis. This even go down to the local level. Like what fit fit a GoPro to them, you know, record the game, show them the game back. It's the only way they're going to improve. I think Rob is right though. It's the standards of the football to the standards of the ref. Yeah. 
Yeah. You see the likes of we had Alan Kelly for he was brilliant. Going I was thinking through. about him. Yeah, and then mm. he's moved on to the to the MLS. Yeah. He's, he's the got best. MLS. He's got yeah. the referee of the year yeah. Yeah. for for a few That's years running. He was really good. You could tell he was really good. Yeah. So that like. he's progressing over there, obviously. So you know, better st- or yeah. more professional. Then he's getting better co- better yeah. training and. It's it's a it's a higher standard, so he's raises level. There's a lot, so, like especially Munster Senior League now. There's a lot of fifty fifty tackles. That is like, is it yellow? Is it red? Some people think it's not a free at all, and it's like the ref has to make that decision on the spot, like. And obviously, not everyone's gonna be happy with it, like. You know, I think overall football should change towards what rugby have, like you know, respect the for the referee. It's yeah. it's just it's it should be paramount, like whereas there's none really in a lot of games, no. is there? Yeah, you see the likes no. of the referee getting. Headbutted or punched or yeah, the, like the one up in that low yeah. one there when the ref got attacked. Yeah, yeah like or even you know when a ref's been intimidated, like it's actually ruining the game. Like, do you yeah. know it actually is ruining the game, the, the fairness of the game when that happens. Like, but I I find like I I went off to watch um, Stevenage and Lincoln, and I was looking at the fourth official. Like, I would not like to have the fourth official's job. <laughs> he was getting like basically face in his face and but they feel I think the managers feel that they, they have, have to, to bully yeah. the fourth yeah, to get the difference. decisions off yeah. the referee and yeah, it right. actually it does make a difference it does that's the problem and that's, that's, that's the worst little minute yeah. things because yeah. they're yeah. like right oh, the I, don't, I don't want to I don't want to have to hear this one shout like. yeah. so they need to go the route especially yeah. the top levels of rugby like where you cannot do that yeah. and if you do it you're just sent off straight away and as a player you can nearly see when a decision last going to come like the referees didn't give you some massive decision. There's so much going on in the mm, touchline, the, the players thing. and whatever. You know the next, the next time there's one. anything at all. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing. Definitely you're going to get it. Predictive. Like well, how many times yeah. like it, that wasn't a corner, not yeah. a hope. And next thing the corner's whipped yeah. in and there's a foul given on Definitely. a free yeah. in the box. Where that's why you're given out. Yeah, the, that's it. In yeah. the first instance. I, I kind of was, like I'm saying, we talked about last week and getting frustrated and kind yeah. of training your brain and training your mind to kind of turn around. And I've kind of done that as a manager there. Now I tried to do that to try and not speak to the referee or and I, I tried it for a while and, and now I'm kind of like the other managers are intimidating the refs and the decisions are going their way and I'm like I'm like are you missing out not doing it yeah I'm yeah. missing out not doing it and I'm getting frustrated now the last couple of games and I'm kind of shouting which I don't want I to be I don't want it brings everybody want to d- it brings everybody down to yeah. low like level I'm, I'm shaking their hands before the game like you know I'm nice I am my, myself then outside the game but inside the game then I'm thinking do I have to be kind of aggressive here or am I going to get walked all or is my team going to get walked all over because the other manager is aggressive you know mm. I think you've, like, you see a lot players get reputations if they are onto the ref all the time and they get no they get no break off the ref then because it's like he's going to be taking the piss if I let him get away with anything mm. so like if you do if I think if you are respectful you do get the benefit of those 50-50 sometimes rather than the fella who's abusing the referee the entire game like true I think that as if I was a referee, you've got you've got to know when. I think you got to be cute. Some some referees don't help themselves at all. Like yeah, if you give a decision, you have to be able to talk. Like one of the worst things is if you're asking a ref something and the ref doesn't want to answer you or doesn't want to talk. It just infuriates you. Or makes, a smart, like, makes a smart comment, trying to wind you up. Uh, yeah, or just what what gets me is when they don't even talk. It's like yeah. you're supposed to be refing the game. Help yeah. you know even if you don't. If you get a, a bad decision against you, if I'm a ref and I, I say the way I saw it and yeah. just say, get on with it, you might get the next one. Or so, yeah. You know, you can help yourself out massively where I, I think some refs don't and it just adds to the to the frustration because, you know. There was one when I, we played a game last year and I took a shot and it got it got deflected out the wing 
but you know, kind of like spun and it took a while to go out of play. And he I basically just forgot what had happened and gave a goal kick. And I went over and I was like, Griff, that came off your man. And he actually said, Do you know what, actually, you're right. Yeah, and then immediately, immediately I was just yeah. I was calm and I couldn't say anything to him then because yeah. he was like yeah I'm sorry they are, they are human yeah. they are normal admit yeah, like admit I know it's not going to give yeah. you any any joy really but you're just, okay fair yeah, enough you, you, move, yeah. you move on from it like yeah yeah that's yeah, it I got that one wrong like yeah maybe, maybe it's just a culture thing I think the culture needs to change because we're running out of refs do you know yeah. like basically fellas aren't going to want to be refs anymore like mm. I wouldn't want to be a ref in a million years I wouldn't want to referee a game like you should want to be a ref because like you know it's it's given back to I suppose football in a yeah. way and staying involved in football staying involved maybe in football and there should be fit. more players who more ex-players maybe who aren't good at making it a, a coaching or can't coach or something mm. you know to stay involved in the game some kind of way referee it hopefully this podcast will make a difference <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> solving all the Mike problems <laughs> world peace uh, yeah, so, uh, so we're kind of coming up to the kind of last question there no, actually we could nearly do a podcast on all the questions we should maybe um, just roll with that next week wonder uh, what do you think about the Declan Rice situation and who do you think he will declare for I'm going to say out of this anyway <laughs> I know yeah jeez like I'm, I'm speechless about it really to be honest I'd absolutely love if he played for Ireland. I think he's a fantastic player. Like, I think if he declares for England, he's going to be starting every game for him. For England? Yeah. I think when you look at the other players in that position, Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, I think he's a far better footballer than the two of them. But he's kind of a decision, like he'd be a hero for Ireland. Yeah. I haven't seen that much of Declan Rice, if I'm being honest, to make a decision like that. In the I've, game. Seen, I've seen him play of four, four or five games this year in the yeah. Premier League. And he doesn't look anything like a nineteen-year-old. Right. Like he was playing against Arsenal a few weeks ago, and he bossed the midfield. Like he was so composed on the ball, winning tackles. He looked unreal. I, I, I guess I get. Yeah, he's a great player or whatever. But I'm, I'm not. I'm the, not whole the whole situation is just, yeah. is just like yeah. sack him off, get an Irish lad. You it's know, like, like if you're if, if you're seeing a girl and you think you're going out and, and she's. Yeah, yeah. Cheating every weekend, and you're still that. Nah, I'll, I'll wait. Or like, yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing at yourself for? Yeah. It just makes. But, but I think it goes back to he shouldn't have been captured underage level. Why are you bringing someone over from England to play for Ireland underage if he doesn't want to play for Ireland? And it's not, it affected me when I was underage because I was kind of fringe in some squads, out of some squads. But every every English fella who had an Irish parent or grandparent straight into the squad, and he could be gone from the next squad. He could be useless. But it's just he played for Arsenal, like we were saying again. Mm. He plays for Arsenal, or he plays for whoever West Brom, and he's straight into the squad. That inferiority thing. Yeah, yeah. whereas like, unbelievable. Like, when I when I think about it, it's, those were all chances for me to play in front of scouts, mm. play in front of clubs, like get out. Like I could have had more of a chance to make get a contract in England but if I had. Yeah, if I had those chances, I think there's less. It's happening less now with the underage teams, but I think that's definitely a problem. There was an article in one of the papers last week about uh, some one of the guys who was a scout for Ireland in the UK yeah. and his job and a few others, I think, jobs were to recruit those kind of guys and they're just being told, I think, that they're not getting paid anymore. Really? Um, so, scouts? Yeah. All right. there, there's some kind of dispute yeah. there, so I don't know if the FA are going a different route. I think the under-17 the under team that Colin O'Brien was managing that did very well at the Euros... They only had one English-born player in the squad, right. and the rest were Irish. Actually, Stephen Kenny's under twenty-one was that a home-based squad? Did home you see that was squad. a home-based? They're playing the Irish amateur 
team. Yeah, that's good players in it though. Like you know, yeah. from the same thing. I'm thinking, yeah. well, we'd have to pick a name. But yeah. when you see home base, then yeah. that makes sense. But it does. Would you think, like, if they came up with a rule for Irish international football to try and improve the whole lot, League of Ireland and everything, that if you have a squad of 25, it has to be like 50 percent playing in I League of Ireland. I don't think you should. I think a rule it should be of, should be merit based. Yeah, really. merit based. Like, yeah. Do you think? I think a rule is. But I don't. I don't think they should be chasing English uncles. No. No. Like if they come and they say I want to play for Ireland, my yeah. parents are both Irish. I've always I feel like I'm Irish. Then that's all. But you shouldn't be going but over to West Ham. Like, oh, this fellow's granddad is Irish. Would he play for us? Yeah. If you had like say potentially ten Irish internationals playing in the League of Ireland, would that not bring up the the crowds going to the games? Would it bring up the maybe standard of football yeah, and, but and like people investing in the few, clubs? Them ten internationals would probably be over in England playing. Then they would. They're not going to be st- staying at them clubs. And I don't know whether, like, you'd have to get the league up to a, a level where it could support yeah. 10 of those players. Like, it's quite financial like, as well. Like, yeah, it'll take that's time. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If, you, if you had, like, so that's you had what sponsorship, rugby did, like, you're kind of marquee player and you kept him in the squad. And if he knew, right, he can go up to England, but he can only play, you know, kind of League 2, bottom championship, and he's going to lose his international place. Well, what? Yeah, he stayed. He stayed. He's still getting a good living. Well, instead of a rule, instead of a rule, what you do is you favor the home base player. So in a case of fifty-fifty, if there's a fifty-fifty, you know, between a fellow in England and a fellow in Ireland, you, and I think they should do this underage. Uh, I've actually written about it before, lads. Uh, <laughs> they should favor a player from the League of Ireland in those circumstances because we're trying to grow our domestic league. I think if a player is better and he's playing in England, he should just be picked. Like if he, you know, if he wants to play for Ireland. I don't think you can have a rule a quote of players. I, don't, yeah. I think that's kind of... Did you see Murph's face there when you said 50-50? He just lit up. <laughs> He's thinking all them fellas, he absolutely smashed in a tackle. <laughs> you know, there's going to be so much newspaper clippers next week. <laughs> well, there's 50-50. <laughs> no newspaper clippers tonight. Um, I'll bring it back next week. But look, we'll wrap it up there. Anyway. That's episode three done, lads. And again, if you like the podcast... Can you please recommend it, subscribe to it, and basically interact with us when um, we're on social media, and we'll keep going with the episodes. If you want to come on and sponsor an episode, give us a shout. We're going to start to look for sponsors there now because it is starting to pick up a lot of traction. I think um, as you said, though, we, we probably should pick a podcast where we're going to answer a load of questions just to get through just, everyone's questions. Like yeah, that. because what, there was, there was a load is, came in this week that we couldn't get through. So. Yeah. What we do is, basically, we have a load there from last week, this week, there now, and the next week as well. So what we'll do is just a question podcast next week. Or else we could get through as many as we can, and then we could always go on the Insta and answer people's questions yeah. or just so everyone yeah, yeah. is is, is yeah. answered or whatever. Or do it. Yeah. Yeah. Start a, a, subscri- yeah. a subscription for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> answers. Again, <laughs> again we, just, we, just have to, we just have to say as well that, you know, we don't know everything. We're just giving our experiences as, as footballers and what we've experienced. Absolutely and not. But you were saying earlier. <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to come down on people or anything. We're looking for ideas. We're looking for to improve the game. And again, we're just giving our input. But keep interacting with us. And um, thanks very much. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, lads. Hopefully, Augie's already. Go on, then. Cheers, <laughs> guys.